but ultimately you're not going to get better until you realize that you're doing it for you. Like that's the thing is like, we're not selfish enough when it comes to certain things and your mental health is one of those things where like, you should be really selfish about it because ultimately that's going to be better for me. It's going to be better for you. It's going to be better for everybody around us. I think anybody who has like a question or a concern about how you go about that, there's so many resources out there and the easiest thing in the world is just DM somebody. Mm -hmm. Like I have had people DM me and be like, I think I have depression too. Mm. And I'm like, okay, this is what I did. Mm. I'm not saying it's gonna work for you, but like, here's the first step. I don't typically post any photos of myself and I made a conscious effort of posting a photo of myself on the day that I kind of was like, I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. I posted it because to me that, that that was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm admitting to myself after years and years and years that like, I'm not okay. And then it took me a while to like forge through and get help. There's another side to good health, and that's good mental health. Hey, what's going on? It's Drew. In today's session, we have the like a legend, the man with some of the spiciest takes on Instagram, photographer and visual storyteller, Christian Hafer. You may know Hafe from his work on Callaway Golf, Golf.com, Golf Magazine, and now the Golfer's Journal. But we're not here today to talk about shutter speed, aperture, or camera equipment. We have much more to unpack in this session. And wow, do we have a doozy of an episode for you. A couple of programming notes. This was one of our first in-person podcasts. That's right. The GGT boys hit up Wisconsin. We ate a lot of cheese curds. We had a lot of laughs and hit a lot of uh, lost a lot of golf balls. But we had an amazing time filming and recording things, and we're really excited to release everything to you. On that note, we didn't have our full setup with Hafe, so the audio is not to the quite of the quality that we would normally like. But please bear with us. And if this is your first time tuning in, thanks for listening. And don't forget, hit them straight and mind your golf. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. It's much appreciated. Um, and you're, I would say, familiar with our podcast format loosely. We want to give people like you different questions than they typically get. Um, so uh, what cameras do you do? <laughs> uh, What's your favorite camera? An absolute here right out the box. <laughs> Sick. Um, what? How much time did we budget for this podcast? Yeah, thirty-eight seconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Um, we are. I guess we should probably address like where we are. Yeah, we did a whole ass B and E. Yeah, yeah. You got it. <laughs> a lot of golf listeners out there don't know what a B and E is. True. Bacon um, and eggs. Bacon, bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs. <laughs> Between two scallion pancakes. No. We are, uh, <laughs> we're at Lac La Belle here in Oconomowoc, Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. I like you with Oconomowoc, Wisconsin. And we we played nine holes with the incredible Christian and Pafier. It is. Yep. We're all very tired. That's as you true. can tell, that's how we started this podcast. It is almost eight thirty p.m. We played nine holes, and now we have entered 
the twilight zone. Well, I mean, it it was pouring rain. Fair. I mean, torrential downpour. Right. Torrential. And we needed we needed shelter. We needed shelter. So yeah. B and E stands for breaking and entering. For those that don't know, right? And we are, we have entered the clubhouse at Lac Lebeau. I feel I, I feel like I'm always welcome here. So I don't know so much of a breaking. Right. As more of like a just enter. Entering. Extending my welcome. <laughs> right. Extending to, three to like after hours when they're technically not open yeah. and or all the doors were locked. Right. Minus one. But we're not going to say which one. But we don't know which one. Exactly. And to be fair, don't I even ask us. We don't know. <laughs> I grew up going to like a, a very big church that always had doors open. So I found my way in no matter what. Right. Just, 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 just I think it's just, open. I think it's just considered trespassing at this point. Because right. we didn't break, we didn't break it. Break it. No. It's just trespassing. We're resourceful people. We would find our way in regardless. I mean, that, listen, I'm here. I'm here on request. So I don't think we're. I think yeah. 100% yeah. in the good. You guys want me to get you something from the bar? Yeah. yeah, so what, what do you guys want? <laughs> Double jack? Right. Um, <laughs> you get the air, the air going, get yeah. some fries, yeah. some curds. Curds. Yeah. That's I, I'm the, actually a little shocked that you went fried before curd. Well, I feel like. No, I tried to, I didn't bring any lactate with me, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were joking that, so we were here on a work trip, um, and we were joking that our trip should have been at least co sponsored by lactate because. Yeah. Yeah, we're all we're all in a total bind at the moment. Hundred, literally yeah. in a bind. Yeah, yeah. I physically, I'm swollen from the chest down. <laughs> <laughs> You're just, also here on a work trip, as you mentioned. Yeah, uh, Lock yeah. Labelle brought you out, um, but it sounds like the next month is going to be pretty hectic for you. Yeah, with work trips, how do you cope? <laughs> <laughs> How do I cope with work? How do you um, cope? I, I don't very well. I just kind of, I put up spicy Q&As on my Instagram story on Saturdays and yeah. just vent. Just Is that every Saturday? Out. Is that an every no, Saturday? No, no, it's every, it's whenever I'm, I, it's, it's honestly whenever I'm like, all right, I feel like there's a boiling over about to happen. Whatever we want some hot takes. Yeah. So as 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 I start hearing the whistle come, then I I let off a little steam. But no, I mean like I I'm pretty conditioned to traveling at this point, um, and it's it's not like I'm gone for like a month and then I'm home. And mm-hmm. so I'll go for a week. I'll come home for like two or three days. Mm-hmm. Especially on this stretch, it's I'm home for two or three days. I'm away. Home for two or three days. Gone for a week. Home. Gone for a week. Home. So it's just, it, it, it's not ideal, but you know, that's kind of the job. So yeah, you just kind of get used to it. And something that you recently changed up, made the decision to mm-hmm. change up for yourself. Yep. Um, actively opting into a, I would say probably a more hectic sort <laughs> of chaotic yeah. work lifestyle. Yeah. Um, can you talk about like that decision to jump into that? Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was fortunate, especially, I mean, as COVID hit, I was, you know, I had a full-time job as a photographer um, and I was working, you know, pretty mundane hours, right? I wasn't having to do the freelance thing where you're chasing and you're kind of eating what you kill. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was kind of feeling a little, you know, stagnant in my creativity and like my work. And I really didn't like, you know, the kind of work that I was producing and, 
you know, I, I got to a point where I needed, I needed a change and I needed to be able to like, well, I shouldn't say I didn't like the work that I was producing. I liked the, I liked the work that I was producing. Um, I, I think I was tired of, I was tired of feedback and, and negative, negative feedback mm-hmm. that wasn't from like any place of like constructive criticism. It was just kind of poop on it and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of got tired of it. Um, I got tired of some of the stuff that I was doing, just just naturally being in an environment like that, you, you're you having to turn out so much volume mm-hmm. and, and things that like, you know, you just gotta do. Like people don't think about the volume of photography that goes into <coughs> anything. Like, I mean, let alone a media company and you gotta do everything from like digital to print. And so it just, it, it was getting like, whoa, maybe, maybe this isn't exactly what I had kind of wanted. Um, and I wasn't ultimately doing the stuff that I wanted to do. And, you know, very selfishly, I guess I got to a point where I just, I needed a change. Um, especially for like my own mental health. And I, I came to that decision pretty much in a day. I just Mm -hmm. had it had built for a while, like most of them do, but I just kind of looked at my wife and I was like, "I, I think it's time to do something different. And she looked at me and goes, like now <laughs> I was like well okay maybe I'll think about what that means um, which it, I, I had that day that I decided like I, I just I think for me I just need to kind of go into a different direction mm-hmm. um, I got a phone call and it was kind of that sign like you know when you're like trying to make those decisions and you're like I don't know what to do like I like the people I work with. I, you know, this is an amazing opportunity. It's an amazing place to work. It's like, you know, golf magazine is it, right? It's like, holy shit, it's golf magazine, right? And, you know, how fortunate I am to be in this position where I'm on staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm very grateful for it. But at the same time, I'm like, I I think that my skill set's better served doing, doing it a little bit differently. And understanding that like giving that up is a difficult thing because you you know you there's security and kids and like mm-hmm. you know when the pandemic hit I was like oh no I'm the first one out mm-hmm. right creative he's gone and you know little did we realize our value as creatives right especially during that time is nobody had anything but to consume things somebody needs to go make that stuff um, and so it really kind of changed my, my self value and not maybe immediately, but over time, I kind of really, I really understood what my value was, um, or at least my interpretation of my own self-worth. And that's really what brought me to that decision was like, you know, I just, I don't need to deal with this anymore. Um, I really just want to do the stuff I want to do. And so I, uh, <laughs> I left that and now I freelance, um, half the time so mm-hmm. my jobs it's really cool because I was able to take on an opportunity with um, the Golfer's Journal which is an independent publishing company they do they started as a surfer's journal you know, for 30 something years and then they four years ago maybe going on five mm-hmm. started Golfer's Journal mm-hmm. and I think it's issue 11 my son's actually on the cover of whoa yeah, so 
if anybody has it, look Release at it. Form. <laughs> yeah. So look at that. And, uh, kid's not getting any of that money uh, <laughs> but look at that issue well, that's, is. that's that's my son and that was actually he and I were just playing golf one night at our Muni and it was just I they did a kind of like a feature on me then that was right before it was actually like right before I accepted a job at golf magazine um, and they found that photo and, and they were like we're gonna use this as a cover is that okay I'm like yeah that's, that's rad so now, you know, and talking to Brendan like early on and, and doing a couple stories early on and they were like, they were some of my earliest um, kind of supporters and encourager, encouragers. Yeah. Is that, a, is that a word? Yeah. Can we get a it check on that and circle back? Okay. Yeah. Um, you look very, very convinced on that. <laughs> it is. Um, so he, you know, they, they really, it, it was cool to kind of come back and say like, you know, I, I still want time to be able to do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. The Golfer's Journal is obviously like this kinds of stories that we tell there, the, the threads that we pull at are, are more up my kind of alley as a photographer. Mm. Um, so it was a natural fit. And then to be able to start working on building out their video team and, you know, working on building that out and starting to kind of add a new, new thing to the mix for them. Um, was something I really just couldn't say no to. I didn't have any plans of leaving and then, then doing that. Just the timing kind of worked out. And I, I was lucky that I have essentially half my time to freelance. And so mm -hmm. if I just want to say, screw it, I want to go take pictures of, you know, old foot joys that I found in the alleys behind golf club, I can do that. Yeah, I could do whatever I want with that extra time. Um, well, not really, because I have two kids, so I have to make <laughs> that time pay. So, um, but it's good because I can, you know, I can come out to places like Lac La Belle, and I can do the kind of landscape stuff that I think people know me for. Um, and then with Golfer's Journal, I can do some of the editorial stuff that mm -hmm. I really want to do, and and shoot stuff the way I want to shoot it, and. So it's kind of the best of both worlds, you know? Um, so I, I really, I really think I lucked out. I mean, I haven't slept since I, <laughs> since I did this Yeah. and I haven't been home much. It's kind of a bummer, but. When you, uh, you were at golf magazine, mm -hmm. two questions. How long was it? Uh, how long was the transition from golf magazine to golfers journal? And in that time, how much did you rely on your family, your wife, telling them, look, I, I need to do this for Christian. Yeah. I need this. Yeah, that, that was the hard. So I have been, I think the pandemic definitely like just kind of lit that mm -hmm. napalm bomb <laughs> in me. And so we were dealing with a lot of stress as, as it was. And then I was dealing with a lot of kind of stress and it's one of those things when you kind of get the job that you've always wanted and then you kind of realize like, you know, Oh shit, I got the job I was wanting. Yeah. I just got the job I wanted, but did I really want this? Mm -hmm. Um, is this really what I wanted? And you know, I think to a degree, yes. Um, but I'm such. I have such an inability to like 
walk the line mm. that I'm constantly trying to like challenge. And it's not from like a negative place. It's like, especially for me and when it comes to work, I'm like constantly challenging things. And, mm. Just and, creatively, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like, well, why? You know, why does that suck? Why can't we do this? Why do we always do it this way? Mm -hmm. um, and so sometimes that causes friction and, you know, all these different things kind of boiled up and, and mentally I just wasn't okay. And a large part of that was just like work. Like when your passion becomes your work. So photography for me was like the thing that I always wanted to do. And I, I would make a little bit of money at it, but not enough to support a family, but I could still shoot. Right. And I could shoot whatever I wanted. Mm -hmm. um, and golf was another outlet for me. And then, so when you take those two outlets and then you make those two things, your income, and then you don't have an outlet it, it, you don't really have and especially as a creative person you don't have anywhere to put that energy in like a positive mm -hmm. like move it away from here so everything just kind of was festering within the world of golf and and I got to a point where I just I was in such a bad spot that I'm like I have to leave not because these people are bad or this environment's bad it's just this something's going on and this this place isn't it like this isn't a fit for me yeah and you know it's it's one of those things where you know it takes a long time right i mean it took me a long time and it got to a point where my wife and i kind of had a conversation i'm like i i don't know what i'm gonna do i don't i don't know how i'm gonna make money <laughs> i know i will um i I know how much we need to make mm -hmm. and I'll figure it out. And that's not really good enough when you're, yeah. when you're a father and husband and you've got responsibilities, it's not, you can't, you know, you can't just be like, I'll figure it out and just, you know, kind of throw your responsibility aside, but you also can't. And so I would do that. I would constantly just be like, it's all right. I mean, I used to commute an hour and a half each way to my old job mm -hmm. before I, decided to push full time into this. So I was like, you know, all day was either commuting or at the office. Um, and doing that and doing this and, and then dealing with all these stressors and all this like creative pressure. And, you know, maybe a lot of it was self kind of manufactured, but mm -hmm. dealing with all of that. And then I just kind of got to a point where it's like, I can't really, I can't really provide for my family if I'm not ultimately like taking care of myself. I mean, like in the last two years, I mean, I put on weight, sleep less. I mean, I have a mustache. So it's like, yeah, it took, yeah, well, you know, listen, I don't eat the way I should to grow a great mustache. Um, so it's all these things kind of took, were taking their toll. And I, you know, I mean, I grew up, and very athletic and was always doing something. And then I realized I just work, mm -hmm. right? Like I just, I literally get up and especially when you don't have anywhere to go, mm -hmm. like you're not traveling. And during this period, I wasn't traveling, shooting that much. I was mostly shooting at home and I would get up when my daughter's foot would kick me in the face at 630 <laughs> by 730, I was starting to work and I would look at the clock and it's four o'clock and I haven't had food. I didn't, I just would get so locked in with having to do all this different stuff and that the mental stuff, everything just kind of came to a point where I'm like, 
like I'll figure it out. I know I will. I, I have this ability to always kind of just figure it out. Um, but even if I don't, like we put enough in savings that mm-hmm. I just need like a month mm-hmm. of no one to like fuck with me yeah. <laughs> and like talk to me and just, I need a month, like I need time. Yeah. And I don't think that's what I needed. I think at the time I said I need a break. And I, I didn't necessarily need a break. What I needed was I needed an opportunity to kind of reinvest in myself from a creative standpoint. Because mm-hmm. I mean, when you, it's hard for a lot of people, especially people who may not like be creative, that don't especially make their living off of it, mm-hmm. like understand that literally all day long you're just like thinking mm-hmm. and what about this? What about that? What if I did this? I could have done this. What if I should do that? Mm-hmm. Edit it this way. Shoot it this way. And that's all you think about all day long. And then you're working on top of it. And you're putting all that energy into stuff that ultimately people are going to ask. No good. And you're like, well, what's the well, point? Fuck. Yeah. What yeah. The f- Why did I just... Yeah. So, fuck. Um, I give up. And so, I got to a point. I, I told her. She was very supportive. She, I mean, she... Rightfully so, I was freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we gonna do? Then I got that phone call, um, and you know, when I got that phone call from a client, and they were like, "Hey, we want to work with you," I knew, like, I knew at that point, like, we were gonna be fine. Be okay. Not because it was like, you know, all the money in the world. It just that caliber of a client reaching out to me and saying, like, "Hey, we want to work with you," was a sign that, like, you know what, like. I don't necessarily need to listen to what like a few people are saying about my work and I need to listen to what like all these other people are saying yeah. and and go do more of that and yeah. go do more of the stuff that I want like I was so tied up in letting other people be my critic and I really wasn't listening to myself mm-hmm. and so I would you know I'm I'm really happy with the work that I put out because I always can do better I could shot it something differently compose it differently whatever um, but I was, I was kind of like listening to the wrong things and I wasn't listening to myself. And so she understood that and she knows like how my brain works when it works. And she realized like, yeah, he, he's in the, like, he needs this. And so she was supportive. Um, you know, we put a plan together and we knew that we were going to take it little by little and. I mean, that was a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been off the road, you know. Yeah. With Golfer's Journal, it was, it was a thing, like that timing came up and it was one of those things like, yeah, I'm gonna leave. And I talked to some friends of mine and some of them float in that circle and they were like, hey, he's gonna, like, he's not good and he's gonna leave, like, he's legit out. Mm-hmm. and where it kind of got around like in a very small circle and pretty much when I caught up and said hey I'm out that day I had a discussion and like finalized it and knew like I was going to spend half my time on that and that's what I needed was not to go from A to B right not to go from one full time to another full time was to give myself some time to like take a step back from the golfer's journal stuff so I can let that breathe and then work on some other stuff. Mm-hmm. And really what that's become is like, I work golfer's journal all day long. Like I, I it's not half my time, it's like all my time, but I, I'm, I'm happy 
like, and I'm creatively, I'm like, yes, like I'm constantly thinking I'm constantly fucking up because we're trying to build something new. And so all I'm doing is fucking up and that's fine for me. That's fine because we're trying to figure out how to do something very differently. Mm -hmm. And we, uh, so I'm not looking at how things are happening in golf. I'm not inspired by it at all. And that's not to create something that doesn't exist. Yeah. I I don't want to be, I don't want to almost be influenced by what's going on because I want it to come out of left field. And so I'm, I'm trying to take things that are so like kind of obscure in the golf world and like trying to make it work or Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And, and so that's cool that I can, I literally will do the same thing where I get up and I will work from seven 30 to four and not eat and barely drink water. And like, you know, I'll take breaks now to like play with June and stuff like that. But like, I'm, I've realized that the work isn't the issue. I'm always going to work and I'm always going to work hard. And that's just kind of how I do things. It's the work that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the work that I'm creating, I was creating stuff to check boxes for whatever, but it wasn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas this kind of work is the stuff that I'm like, I want to make this. Like I, this is how I want to make it. And so I'm like, you know, editing until two in the morning on something that no one's ever going to see. Like no one will ever see this stuff. It's just an internal thing. So I can show people like, here's where my head's at. Yeah. So I'm like working until two in the morning, just so three people can look at it for literally two minutes and then be like, Oh, okay. I get you, but I'm happy to do it. Because it's like, it's like I'm scratching an itch that like I've yeah. had for so long. And then those people are like, oh, okay. That's true creative, man. Yeah. That's the, when you have a vision, <clears throat> you gotta, you gotta chase that. Yeah. Especially, you have to. You have, it's right. It's, it's not an, it, yeah. it's not, it's not a what if they don't or yeah, yeah. should I, it's yeah. like. I have well, to get it's, this it's, it's, like, it's like you said, it's there until you scratch that itch. Well, there's, just, there's a lot of creatives that kind of get, and happen to me all the time, is like, that it's just always there, but you're not scratching it. You're not mm-hmm. really giving it yeah, the attention you need. It, yeah. Because you're afraid to. and mm-hmm. Or you get distracted on other things, but really you're putting those distractions kind of in your way so you don't ultimately focus on like the important right. stuff. And you do the easy stuff or you do the stuff that pays and people all the time right after they ask me what camera I use (laughs) they ask me like how do I do what you do how do I get that job and I'm like don't I'm like one do not if you like but generally if you love photography or love golf don't work in golf if you love golf because you won't love golf because it's a job. Right. So like if you want your career to be in golf, fuck yeah, go for it. But like you have to understand you're taking something that you love and you're making it work. Mm-hmm. And you can love your work, but it's still work. And you're not going to love work as much as you're going to love your passion. Mm-hmm. Right? And so this is still work for me. And I, I think I'm in a place now where I understand that like it's work. I got to go about it like work, like a business. And my passion is not necessarily golf or photography. My passion is like creating mm-hmm. new stuff. My, my favorite thing in the world is to do something. People are like, Oh, okay. I didn't, we can do that. Mm-hmm. You can do that. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody do that. What the fuck is that? That's my favorite thing is when people are like, huh? You like to innovate. Well, I, yeah, I just, I not even necessarily innovate cause I'm, 
probably just stealing it from, you know, a little <laughs> bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. Sure. But I just like, I just like to change perception, mm -hmm. I think, especially in the game of golf. Mm -hmm. I, I love it when people look at some of my photography and they're like, I didn't know you could shoot courses like that or tournaments like that or, or I honestly, I've got my hands slapped for doing stuff and I'm like, it's kind of cool though. Right, right, right. It's kind of sick though. Like you should do that anymore. You yeah, know, yeah. here's how I did it. Go do it. Um, and it's cool because in the last few years, I'm seeing more and more people kind of doing that as well, pushing in a little bit. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I said earlier, I really don't consume a lot of golf stuff. Yeah. Like I just don't. Um, but sometimes I'll look at stuff and I'm like, fuck yeah. Compared to five years ago, I mean. Everything was the same, it was very boring. And now you're starting to see a lot of different stuff pop up. You're yeah. starting to see a lot of copycats of that, yeah. but you're seeing yeah. guys like really, yeah. really push themselves and do different stuff that I don't think people gave golf credit and mm -hmm. golf photographers credit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were just always kind of put in a box of like, oh, okay, so you like, you shoot landscapes at, or shoot down the line. at yeah. six in the morning yeah. and from a ladder on the back of a golf cart. And, Oh, you have a drone. That's right. nice. Mm -hmm. Can I buy your preset? You know, and now it's like, they're like, how did you do that? You know, what is that? I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I like it. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of the thing is like just sitting there and taking that extra time, which is ultimately work, right? Like anytime I'm on a computer or out walking around taking photos, which is almost all of my time. I mean, even when I'm with my daughter mm -hmm. or my son, I have a camera and that's work for me because mm -hmm. I'm thinking about the light, the composition, the photo, and you're constantly working. And that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand what goes into it is like, you're not, you're never not working. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then, and when you're not in front of a computer and not taking photos, you're thinking about things you can do, things you can mm -hmm. shoot, you know, how I can edit this. I didn't like the way this came out. Can I fix it? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people want to do this job until they have to like, until they have to do any work. And then they have to like really like do the work. Yeah. And I think the people that are successful are the ones that are like really fall in love with the process of it all and like fall in love with the work. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of sad, but like honestly, one of my favorite things is like the process of making shit mm -hmm. and like that ebb and flow of like in the zone out of the zone in the flow out of the flow mm -hmm. like two weeks of like utter shit to I just made like 16 reels that are sick yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like literally That's tens slack. of people are gonna like well so do you think like Instagram and the democratization of like being a photographer what that means does that does that piss you off no, I mean, I wouldn't be where I'm, I, I wouldn't be able to provide for my family if it weren't for Instagram, right? Like, sure. I mean, my, my way of getting my work out there was through Instagram. And nobody knew me from, you know, hole in a hole. I, I was just another guy with a camera walking around trying to be an artsy street photographer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I moved out of the city and I moved to a place where pretty much all you could do was golf. So I got back into golf and I started taking photos and once I realized that like nobody was shooting golf differently and when 
people started seeing my work more and more, they were like, oh, it's different. Mm-hmm. It's moody, it's this, it's that, it's whatever. And I think my work's matured since then. And I think that that's the thing that I enjoy the most is like evolving and kind of maturing and kind of always trying to change my style. Mm-hmm. I don't in any way, shape or form want to be like, oh, I know him. Like he, his profile looks like this. If you go and look at it, it's just fucking, it's random photos. There's no rhyme or reason. Half of them, I'm literally will just be sitting there and be like, oh, I should post something. And then I'll scroll through and like find something. I'm like, okay, here we go. Dang. And then I'll throw something up. And yeah. that that's that creative thing where it's just like, I'm going to just let it, I've created all the work. I'm just, I'm going to throw out what feels right right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's so many people that kind of discredit Instagram photographers mm-hmm. because they didn't go through that. And this is kind of, we were talking about this earlier, this yeah. creative thing. Boot this, camp or yeah, this creative like, gauntlet you need yeah. to go through yeah. like you can't be a photographer unless you've done x y or z it's like well fuck that well who's to say i mean ultimately who gives a shit how you got to where you got to if your work's good and that's all subjective too like photography like art like acting like whatever is all it's all up to the individual to determine if they like it or not mm-hmm. and i have had people who are quote unquote ed- educated be like your work is amazing and I've had people who are educated be like you fucking suck <laughs> literally verbatim say the words you fucking suck and I'm like cool that's okay. thank you for that <laughs> feedback I'll work on that yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll work on fucking <laughs> sucking less I'll come back I'll come back when I don't suck as much mm-hmm. um, and so it was like now it's, it's, I see so many guys pop up and like they do not take good photos, mm-hmm. but that's fine. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look back at some of my photos and they are not great, uh, but that's all part of it, right? But there are some ones in there that are like, that's a banger. Like, yeah. I should have repost that. That's from 2016. That's kind of dope. Um, yeah, and I think that whole thing of, having to do it a certain way is just we're we're kind of growing out of that mm-hmm. and we're allowing people to just be good or not even be good just be creative because again it's like what is good yeah exactly right. i mean it, I, I i try not to yuck people's yum mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. i may may not be for me it may not be my yeah. style and i used to be very critical and be like oh, i fucking sucks that guy hack he probably holds his camera from the top down. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and, and now I'm like, uh, you know, maturing a little bit and just kind of understanding that, you know what? Yeah. Like that's cool. I like compositions good or trying to find something good in it mm-hmm. that it's not necessarily my style or my taste, but it's somebody's and everything's got to kind of has a place. And trust me, my style is not for everybody, especially in the world of golf. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, because the people who kind of get it and like it, like it. And that's fine. Yeah. You know, and if tomorrow everybody's like, oh, you're the worst photographer I've ever seen, I had a good run. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, kids are straight, I'm good. Yeah, I'll just shave this you mustache and sell insurance. I'm yeah, fine. yeah, there you go. <laughs> you play a lot of good golf courses. Yeah, exactly. A lot of, a lot of courses yeah, that I, would kill to play. I, I've gotten invited to and kicked out of plenty of golf courses. Yeah. Anything not the. 
Yeah, we will. <laughs> there's Shago unnamed. Yeah. Backing off of like what Connor was saying about how how Instagram has changed how people view content or view content creators, mm-hmm. I think you know we've all been using the platform for a while now, and we've seen many iterations of people where you know everyone's a creative director on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you know for me like myself I've been been you know using the app a long time and creating content. It's you know, the cream always rises to the top. If you're not good or you're not passionate and you're just copying other people's work, yeah. you're, you're gonna burn out or you're just gonna be like, well, this sucks, I don't care. Yeah, so, or people will call you on it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, people, the people that make it a long time, call you. <laughs> they will definitely call you on it. No, but the people that you see that continually are pushing the boundaries or create, continually yeah. creating, even if it's, you know, maybe not great, but objectively or subjectively great, they stick around because people stick around. Well, yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to like just creating and I forget where I read it or listened to it. And, but it was this guy who was talking about the, the process of creating and it's like so much of what you create is probably not good. Mm-hmm. But that's the part of creating. Like That's what you chase. That's exactly. Right. And that's what I think Instagram is the other side of Instagram is the fact that People don't chase that creativity on there. They try and project creativity, right? right. right? Like they're there, so it's very well thought out, very well curated. They've got their sticky notes of like their tack to Instagram, and I mine is literally taking a dump and making a post <laughs> because to me it's just it's part of the process. And so mm-hmm. I'm like, what am I going to post right now? What is the feeling of like what do I want to post? Mm-hmm. Oh man, you know what? I thought about my wife and I and our honeymoon to Ireland. Like, I'm gonna put something from Lynch, and I'm gonna talk about, you know, go trying to eat some snacks out of my pocket, or, <laughs> or I'm in like a weird headspace and I want to talk about the environment. Yeah. And that's the other thing that I've noticed too, especially in the game of golf, is like, not, not. I think a lot of people come for the photos and they stay for the, the takes. You know, they see the photo and they're like, oh, sick. I like Cypress. That's cool. Oh, okay. Well, this guy's he just went on a 14-page rant. <laughs> okay. But I, and I, that to me is part of that creative thing, right? It's like, me, as a photographer and as somebody who's at a lot of these golf courses and, you know, in this world of golf, I'm documenting it mm-hmm. constantly. And like, the more I'm self-aware of the fact that like, I'm, I'm showing the game of golf to people, promoting the game of golf. And I have to be very conscious and careful of what I'm projecting. And so my message is like, sometimes people aren't gonna get the fact that like, I'm shooting this to convey this message. Mm-hmm. Just some people aren't so smart. Don't really look at things and they're like, oh, I put that together. So I spell it out for them sometimes. And I think that's a lot of what I wish would happen more on Instagram or more on social platforms is like people having the confidence to just Put their opinions out there yeah. and not feel like they have to chase an algorithm or anything like that because yeah. I think early on it was oh, we're just going to put out things that are like that's what made Instagram great is like, you're just putting out stuff mm-hmm. into the world mm-hmm. and then people were like inspired by it and yeah. they're like oh I'm going to do that and steal that and take that idea and go over here I love your empanada photo I want empanadas now and so it's like <laughs> this this weird thing and then it became one of those things where as soon as money came into it it got all fucked Right, because then people are like, "Well, 
I need to curate so I can get more followers. I need to learn about people's habits and how now they I'm sell you consume stuff. And now I'm gonna, yeah, now I'm gonna sell you on my empanada lifestyle. Right. <laughs> and now you're gonna follow me. It's a subgenre yeah. that I didn't right. know existed. Yeah. Woo. Oh, I'm there. Wait till you tap in. I'm <laughs> <laughs> so it's it, and I've I've seen a lot of people kind of fall prey to that, and a lot of talented people. I've seen a lot of talented people exploit that mm-hmm. and I couldn't like be happier for those people that figured out the game used their creativity to make a bunch of money off of brands that were just willing to throw money at them big empanada big empanada big when big empanada comes knocking yes. yeah. you take it yeah, um, yeah. and, and so that's the bag from their pillowy hands <laughs> <laughs> soft supple juicy um <laughs> It's and it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Instagram. I mean, will it be around in three years? Who knows? I'm not going on TikTok. Who cares? So you won't get my ass on TikTok. No. What? Shit will be really really bad if I'm on TikTok, guys. <laughs> oh no! Harry's in the fairway doing a dance, <laughs> <laughs> jumping in and out of new I, outfits. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 <laughs> Somebody call him. Somebody, somebody check on him. Somebody yeah. check on him. <laughs> what's like? What's the worst thing you've seen on TikTok? I don't. I literally have. I've never downloaded it. I the only shit that I see on TikTok is people sharing on Instagram. Obviously, that's the perfect answer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I can't. Like I got on Twitter for a little bit, and then that was just Twitter and I are not. Twitter is one of those things where. It's not that I'm too much. It's just it's too much. I it's. It's yeah. already, I'm already getting bombarded with too much golf anyway. I, right. I don't need golf Twitter. No. Um, Nobody does. And I'll, <laughs> like, if I need to be aware of it, somebody's going to make me aware of it. Right. And that, I mean, honestly, Instagram to me is just like, it's like a little creative outlet. Just throw shit out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'll see it like on my stories. Some days it'll just be me just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And other days it's like a 40 slide photo essay with like mm-hmm. music and lights and like snack breaks and yeah. <laughs> And it's like, cause I'll have an idea and I'm like, I'm going to throw it out there cause yeah. why not? It's going to only be there for a day and if people are like, I'll know if people like that kind of thing or not, or I try out a new style and see if people like it. And so that's why I see a benefit for Instagram is not like a monetary thing. Um, and I think more creatives, hopefully we'll use the platform back to what they originally were doing for it, or they'll figure out something new, mm-hmm. you know? Because I think it's important for creative people to like get all of whatever's going on here just out to people. Yeah. You know? Is that what you, so when you do those 14, 40, 90 mm-hmm. slide things, is that, is that what it, that's for for you? Because like you will, you'll write a sonnet, uh, 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 an opus of, you know, <laughs> like uh, something that you saw yeah. that. You, you, you were like, you know what? Instagram's getting a piece of my mind today. Yeah, and yeah. What, what does that give you? <laughs> well, one, it's it's kind of like a stress reliever. It's a spit valve. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's a spit valve. Um, I like that musical reference. Um, but I think, too, it's, it's, it's like I know, I know that I have people that follow me and, you know, interact with the work that I make and interact with me. And I've met so many people off of Instagram, it's kind of nuts, like 
how many friends I've made through mm-hmm. Instagram, how many business relationships. I mean, it's kind of nuts. But I always know that like if I'm like, I just need to make something. Like I'll be working on a project or I'll be having to shoot something and they're like, we want it this way and edit it this way. And I'm just like, fuck that. I just want to do something for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'll go in and I'll just go out and like go play golf with my son and be like, I'm purposefully going to make a photo essay of this mm-hmm. for me. And really it's so I can put it up and I can look at it. So I can say, okay, where am I with my work? Like what, you know, what did I miss? What did I get right? Those kinds of things. Um, and then there's the other side of it where like, you know, we're on social media because we want, we want interactions. Mm-hmm. We want feedback from people. Mm-hmm. I'm no different. Mm-hmm. Um, I want people to like, yeah, you fuck, you're great. Good, good job. Keep taking photos, man. Don't go to that photo. Don't put that camera down. Don't you do that. Um, sorry. Um, <laughs> And so I still like need that like anybody does. And I think it's less so more like posts are just kind of like posted up there, but like the stories are where I try and put a lot of my effort and energy. Yeah. Um, because I think people connect with that a little bit more. Whereas like posts, they usually just kind of scroll through. They'll like hit They're it. called stories for a reason. Well, right. and, right. and it, it's interesting. I will sit there and I don't have a big following, but I will look at some of the numbers some days of people who like looked at my like story like all the way through and I'm like what in the world mm-hmm. like this is wild that this many people wanted to watch this and then I'm trying then it's like a thing for me I'm like well what was it that they liked was it the story the photography was it they were bored was it, you know whatever then I'm kind of like okay like what can I take away from this what can I learn about this mm-hmm. and this how can I do it again or different or better? Um, what's it informing about my process? And it, it, that's why I love Instagram is such an immediate, you know, if people like what you're doing or not. Yeah. And yeah. ultimately I make work for myself, but I it's obviously am showing yeah. it yeah. to people because I want other people to like it. Yeah. I, cause I want that gratification of people being like, Hey, good job. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like your pictures. They're great. But even if it's even negative feedback though, I imagine too, like you, <laughs> You want you, it's you the want internet. that? It's the internet. Yeah. Right, right, right. Negative feedback is all part it's of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing too. Like, I mean, fuck. Negative feedback on anything a creative does is is difficult yeah. to deal with because you again you're putting so much time and effort and energy into it. Like, I mean, people don't understand what goes into it some days and how much you don't want to do it but you know you need to do it i mean it's like it's no different than anything else you the days that you don't want to sit in front of a computer and edit all day or like you don't want to get your ass out on a golf course at four in the morning but you go and do it because you know you have to do it all on a chance that the light might be good and you might get a photo like and then all of the light was shit and the, there was rain and whatever and you you forgot a memory card so you had to like pick and choose and then go back and make something out of it Mm -hmm. those are the days where like you kind of appreciate it a little bit more yeah you know hey y'all this is brad and connor andrew we wanted to take a quick second and thank you for listening
it truly means a lot to us. And we want you to know that you're loved and you're welcomed here. And if you ever need a listening ear to vent or just to talk to somebody who cares, we want to remind you that group golf therapy is a safe space. Our DMs are always open at group golf therapy on Instagram. Hit them straight and mind your golf. You mentioned um, multiple times your family and mm. specifically your wife. Like, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> expensive. Don't have kids, yeah. Yeah. And you know. All one you big know. PSA. No. Yeah, don't. Um, no, they, they're great. Yeah. They're great. <laughs> well, it sounds like, and, and the three of us are fortunate enough to have incredibly supportive partners with us through our own individual and now group journeys. Um, what has what has your relationship with your wife been through this creative process? It sounds like she's been a soundboard oh, and a Yeah. Support. I love her to death. I mean she's <laughs> I'll sit there and go, hey, I got an idea. She's like one of these she she has her book and she goes Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's amazing because it's it's one of those things where you know I think I get a lot of and I don't oh, credit's probably not the right word but like a lot of people are like oh my god hey yeah such a great ooh <laughs> but but the reality is it's like I, she knows all my ideas before anybody else and I'm using her as a sounding board of like my the first pit the first thing before you do anything is you pitch it right yeah either to yourself or like golfers are pitching shit to each other all the time so i pitched to her all day long I'm like what about this i have this idea i should do this what if i did a book on this what if i did this and i can tell by her reaction now sometimes she's completely off the mark like sometimes i'm like i I can't talk to you right now. Like <laughs> that is the limpest take I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> but she will always give me feedback and she will tell me no. She will say, I don't like that. I don't think that's a good idea. And that's what I think is important is like having a partner to kind of be like, listen, I know you want to do this, but you shouldn't is important because I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> right, right. No, 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 no. You don't understand. <laughs> I, will, I will argue with her. If anything, you're only gassing me up to do it. And that's how it was at the beginning because I was so stubborn, but now I've kind of gotten to the point where, like, and it was almost like I was like, oh, well, you know, you're not creative. Like, I'm creative. Right, right. Don't understand the struggle of a creative, which is like the douchiest thing in the world because it's like everyone's creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody comes at things differently. And she has completely different life experiences, completely different set of eyes to the way I, a golf course looks to people. And so when I talk to her about you know a shoot for a client or a golf course or a project, it's a different approach. And now we might not agree, typically won't agree, but like I, it's good feedback. And you know, you gotta find you somebody that is not going to be afraid to mm-hmm. kind of tell you no and be like, nah, it's not really good use of your time. Or like, hey, no, you can't just quit your job. <laughs> yeah. To go take pictures of foot joys in the back of alleys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially because, I mean, yeah. it should yeah. be said, like, 
that work that she's doing is unpaid. Well, that, that's that, the thing is that like consult, that, that consultative work. Well, that it's not only just that, but like as a mother, yeah, like her job is extremely difficult. I mean, think about me complaining about having to get up at six thirty and work until eight one in the morning. Who's taking care of the kids? You know right. what I mean? Like she's doing the same. She's getting up with our daughter, dealing with her on a good day and on a temp tantrum day. If I need a break because I'm on call, she'll take them to the pool or take them outside or do whatever. So she's not getting a break, and she's she I I have the luxury because of the work that she puts in mm. to get on a podcast and wax poetic about being creative and. Uh, I work so long on <laughs> taking photos of golf courses, you know? So it's, it's the benefit of having somebody that's so strong and supportive of what I'm doing because she believes in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. um, she believes in, in my ability to not only provide for the family, but to like create work that, you know, hopefully people are going to like for a little bit and people are going to say like, Oh shit, I put that on my wall or, or whatever. Um, and having that is something that like, you know, I think is a, like a make or break for a lot of people. Having that strong support, whether it's a significant other, a partner or family, like around you to like kind of support you, ground you, do all those things. But it's, it's not easy being her, that's for sure. Yeah, credit isn't, it doesn't quite do it. No, no, yeah. not at all. Like there, it's just, I mean, they're on vacation and it's, she works all day, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Chasing kids around, breaking up fights and yeah. shit like that. And it's like, you know, literal shit, literal, and fights. literal, and they might be from the fight. I don't know. Right. You know, it depends on who's getting fight. really wild. Yeah. Um, and what, so what does that mean to you though? That she is, she's there and, and you're here. I mean, that's why, you know, that to me, it's, that's why I work really hard. I mean, other than like this. The, the selfish need to be able to like create and make stuff it's like I know I need to provide for them and so I know I need to work harder I need to like I need to that goes back to the thing earlier is I need to suck it up and just deal with this and emotionally I just need to figure this out get myself through this because I need to provide for my wife and the kids and she's working so hard and you know I need to be able to give her the things she wants. So she wants to go on a you know, trip, rightfully so. She wants, she reads like, like a ferociously. So like, I, my house is a fucking library of books. She has not read, <laughs> hadn't read these books, but they keep showing up. I'm like, why don't you just read like, just keep like five and then read those five and then bring five more in and then get, you know, and then you cycle them out. And I'm like, oh, you read all those. No, I didn't read those. Then why did you buy the four that are at the front door? When you have 30, well, I like the way they look. I, you know what? I like the way numbers in our bank account look. Right, right. <laughs> but, not you, no, I'm not. I, as I sit here with fucking, you know, M6. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is like, I, her job, like any mother's job, is really like harder and more difficult than anything I will ever do. Day in, day out. And, you know, and not say just the mother, like fathers do it as well. And, you know, any full-time parent who's mm -hmm. doing that, like they have the hardest job there is. 
and they don't get enough credit for that. They don't get enough, like, they don't get enough mental support for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so when I can do something like I was up on this long trip a few weeks ago and I'm like, Hey, listen, I'm going to, why don't you come to Chicago for like two days and I'll come down and meet you. You just get like a two day breather from the kids, Mm -hmm. stay with your grandparents for two days and you, you come up for like two days. And just to give her a little bit of a break. And it's just like a thank you to her to say, like, you need a little bit of a break. And the reality is, like, when you have kids, you're automatically, like, locked in. Like, mm-hmm. you are you don't get breaks from that point forward. Like, and if your kids are, like, my kids are anywhere near what I was as a kid, like, I am, I am severely in shit for a long time of being like, okay, how much bail money do you need? You know, yeah. like, you did what? How much Who's bail money? Yeah, how, how much, how much bail money did you need? We're not going to talk about that because <laughs> I never got caught. Hey. hey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My dad doesn't do podcasts, so I'm, I'm clear. Hey, you um, But that, for, for like her and, you know, to, to know that I have, because I lo- obviously love my kids very, very much and they're, they're very important to me. But to know that I have somebody that like, I can come out here and like, I don't have to stress about it. Mm-hmm. I know she's gonna stress and she's gonna text me and be like, ah. But at the end of the day, she's also gonna be like, here's these 10 pictures of June and how yeah. cute she was today and all these things. And so it's like just knowing that like, she and I are kind of in this together and like mm-hmm. when I, I can take a break mm-hmm. and, and, you know, take like significant time off to like be dad. Um, and she can take a break and take a step back. And, you know, if she were to come to me tomorrow and be like, listen, I want to work full time. We'd make it work. Yeah. You know, if that meant that I worked less mm-hmm. so she could work more, that's fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't, you know, I don't think she wants to do that. I think she loves being a mother. And I think, that's something that I think we need to kind of as a society, in my opinion, need to, you know, normalize a little bit is like the fact that like, it's kind of really good for a mother to like want to be that and not have to make them feel pressured to have a career on top of it. Right. Mm. Some, some mothers want to do that. Mm. Some fathers want to do that. Some fathers just want to be stay at home dads. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they do that. And I think that should be something that's like not looked at. Oh, you're just a housewife. You know, like I get so many people who are like, what's your wife doing? I'm like, oh, she's, you know, she takes care of our kids and all that. And I'm like, oh, okay. She stays home with kids. I'm like, come over to my house. Right. You, you stay home with my fucking There's nothing kids. much that entails. Yeah. Like, me. bro. She takes care of the yeah, kids. Yeah. She takes care of the kids, Probably. the house, me. Like, <laughs> yeah. she does all these things and it's she gets. Yeah. It's. It, it's a it's a job it's a job that she's obviously passionate about she loves very much she obviously loves her kids and it's a very critical job like yes. you're fucking raising kids like you're helping shape those kids and mm-hmm. well you're doing what all parents hopefully try to do which is like not fuck up a lot right. to really you're trying to lessen the amount of like impact you have on your kids. Right, right. <laughs> that's what parenting. Yeah, that's yeah. You're you're just trying to keep that therapy bill low for yeah. when they're 35. Um, but you know, it's to me to have somebody that I I know supports me, supports our kids, and like is selfish 
mm-hmm. selfless and the fact that I can be selfish mm-hmm. and pursue this kind of stuff and like, you know, buy camera gear and like go on trips and, you know, be gone for a week and a half. And let's be real, like, it's not like I'm carrying a cross around, like work, working on golf courses or working with pro golfers or shooting luxury brand stuff. It's not like, yeah, the days get long and they get hard and there are trips where you're literally like sleeping in your car. Mm-hmm. And, but that's all part of the adventure, right? And I kind of love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very fortunate because without her, I wouldn't be able to do this kind of stuff. And I also wouldn't have two great kids, so. Yeah, there's that. I'd have more money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think, uh, I think one thing for sure that the pandemic has shown any parent is that how much goes into parenting by being home with your kids, trying to work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that like, so my wife and I, we both work and we have two kids. And last year was very, extremely challenging because it's, we had to be mom and dad, but we also had to be employee number 10. And yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole day. Um, so thankfully, yeah, we're, you know, very both supportive of each other and our careers, but it's, you know, I think every, every, every parent realized that last year. It, it, I think employers realize that as well. Like mm-hmm. the, the burden on a parent is much more significant and like, you know, most of these people knew that they just would, we were so conditioned to, well, this is how you work. Yeah. This right, is the right, way you right, work. Right, right, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you have to be here. Why wouldn't you be in the office from nine to five? Yeah. And then you're like, well, I'm really productive from like six to eight. And then mm-hmm. from like one to three and then from like seven to nine, mm-hmm. like, yeah. and I get more done in those hours than yeah. nine to five mm-hmm. or at 2 AM. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's, I, I think that's kind of the interesting thing is, especially for me, for someone who traveled so much and then to be home, mm-hmm. like locked down with family, it, it was a hard thing for me for a while mm-hmm. because I was like forcing myself to be creative when I couldn't go mm-hmm. outside and be creative. It was a really difficult thing. And then dealing with like, you know, the kids struggling to deal with like, we have, you know, a 10 year old and a two year old. And so watching him not be able to like at that point not be able to like hang out with his friends skipping rocks across the pond to each other was the most pitiful thing i've ever seen that in my life so sad. i mean now they're punching each other in the face from <laughs> so they're fine they're fine but like to see that and see how like the kids struggled with it was fascinating it's kind of heartbreaking, but also it was like kind of cool to watch how they dealt with it and how mm-hmm. how quickly they adjusted to everything. Kids and while we as parents, yeah, and while we as parents were still like, oh my god, yeah. at the end of the day, we're like, you know, <laughs> climb on the bed and we're like, hey, I'm going to bed. It's and, yeah, <laughs> and like, okay, can you put Austin down? No, you can. No, you can. And so, I I think once we figured out how to kind of get over our like tendencies and we broke our habits it got better but again i mean i leaned on my wife for so much of it because oh i need to go do this and she would take the brunt of it like she always does so yeah wives the real real mvp yeah partners partners Partners, man we're we're a big partner partner group yeah partners the real mvp yeah there are times so connor and i were together for two nights drew and i together for two nights 
And I think just individually with them, I've had moments where I've looked at them and just been like, how lucky are we that we have the partners that we have? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That we could be doing this insane shit that we get to do. Yeah. 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 And, and, And we are not marrying the kids so can only imagine, and we know what that's like to just have a partner to check in with and to, to rely on and to bounce ideas off of yep. and to pitch. Um, so to do that with, to, to have a commitment, a life partnership with someone and to also be raising children. Exactly. Like, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where like, you know, marriage is not easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. Wait, what? It's, <laughs> it's a real, it's a, it, and that's, and it's kind of, that's kind of the beauty of it is that like, it's a ever changing, growing, evolving thing. And you're evolving with someone and then you throw kids into that mix. And it's like, you're in this <laughs> constant state of change and, you know, learning and discovery. Like, I think for us, especially Lindsay and I, like, I'm always like moving at a million miles a minute. Like I do not sleep because I can't stop thinking. Like, mm. so I just stay up all night and I'm like, oh fuck. She wakes up and I'm like, hey, <laughs> I got an idea. I got an idea. <laughs> I was thinking about it all night. I went upstairs and I added it. This is what I think it would look like. She's like, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> and, but we're, and then you've got these little frenetic kids and they're learning and growing and she's consuming knowledge constantly. And so it's like, we're all changing and evolving and and I think we've been fortunate that we've been able to like we communicate really well and I think that's what makes a strong partnership like that communication and that that makes a strong parent-child relationship is even juniors three right Mm -hmm. like she gets frustrated and she's somebody up (laughs) but you see the hands come up somebody's gonna catch hands and I'm like oh here we go and I will just I'll let her get it out and then she and I'll talk it out. Like very calm and like, hey, do you like, what's going on? Tell me. And she's like, I want to, I want to tell you what's wrong. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, that's fine. When you want to tell me, it's because Austin ate my Pop-Tart. <laughs> and you're like, okay, I get that. And so yeah, it's just- fucked up, baby. Happy, <laughs> yeah. Bro, like I get you. If he ate my Pop-Tart, I would Strawberry be upset. I would be, what kind was it? Was it cinnamon sugar? Yeah. I mean, I do not blame you for wanting to punch him, but maybe next time just say, hey, Austin, give it back. Mm-hmm. And so like just having that relationship with my kids and my wife where we can all kind of like be chaotic, mm-hmm. but communicate about it. That's like the coolest thing in the world is like having that little circle where you're comfortable to say anything yeah. and do anything. What has uh, teaching your son or, or playing golf with your son taught you about yourself and your own relationship with golf? Uh, about me. Uh, I'm way more patient than I thought. That's for sure. That's a good thing to find out. Like, yeah. It's better yeah. than the opposite. Yeah. It's like, I have a really short fucking fuse. Yeah, no, I, I, it, it's amazing when boys hit 10, how quickly they regress back to like five year olds. Mm. At some points you're like, Hey, um, did you want to put on your other shoe before we went out of the house? Or did you just, is this a thing that you guys do now? Or what's going on, bud? It's like shit like that. Or we'll get up to the, we'll be playing golf and he'll 
he'll absolutely just start ripping heaters down the middle of the fairway. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, good, cool. He's, he's into it today. Three holes later, he's like all over the place. He's barely making contact. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, what? I'm doing what I was doing. I'm like, your swing is completely different. He's like, no, it's not. I'm like, do you remember the first three drives that were like dead center 250 and now you're literally OB on every <laughs> hole? I was like, dude, you're doing this. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm like, okay, okay, no, you're not. Here, maybe next time, try this. He's like, I'm not going to try it. Won't try it for a hole, OB. Next hole, won't try it, out of bounds. I'm like, okay, maybe now do you want to try it? He's like, pipes it down the center and I'm like see maybe I know what I'm talking about and he starts like he and I have been able to bond really really well through golf I mean he's into like Minecraft and shit like that so like we'll play that but we really bond with golf because that's typically it's just he and I mm. and so we're out there just kind of playing and like we, we don't really have to talk about anything like I don't have to be like hey life lesson here bud that's not my style right so and my you know my thing with especially golf is like i do not care how well he plays could not care less if he goes to his little junior pga tour thing that he does and he gets dead last don't care i'm not that bad that is going to be like we need to go grind we need to go work on it Mm -hmm. because the odds of him one becoming a pga tour pro minimal the odds of him wanting to do that, also slim. He's gonna wanna like chase chicks or guys. He's gonna wanna hang out with his friends. He's gonna wanna be a basketball player. He's not gonna be a fucking golfer. Nobody wants to be a golfer. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's not, when you're 15, that's not what you wanna do. He's gonna wanna like try and learn how to do a kickflip and shit like that. And so I don't push it on him because I want him to like golf. Mm-hmm. I don't want him to feel like he has to golf mm-hmm. or he has to shoot a certain score because I'm selfish and when he's older I want to go golf and like and you don't want him to resent I want his ass to take me to all these cool courses when I'm old and I need somebody to golf with right. you know and I want him to be good so we can have a good match you know <laughs> but I want to beat the shit yeah. <laughs> but oh, I, yeah. it's, it's, it's one of those things like you know he likes it. He likes it. He's he's like any little boy. He gets competitive, and so I'm very competitive. Like I want to win at everything at all costs, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I don't want the pressures that like I dealt with when I was a kid, kind of put on him. So I he'll hit a bad shot in a tournament. He'll start looking around for me and be like, oh god. And I'm like, and I'll look at him and I'll be like, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, why are you looking at me, bro? Like, yeah. when have I ever been? Yeah. When have I ever thrown your bag across the fairway? Because I was so mad. And he's like, Yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm like, the only person you're worried about is yourself. Like, who cares? I'm like, bro, you're ten. You guys shoot like fifteen over on nine holes. You're fine. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. It does not matter. So this year he's like, we didn't tell him, but going into the last tournament, he was like in third place. So all he had to do was like not screw it up, right? So we didn't tell him because he would have done what I would have done, which is like just ejected all over the golf course all day. 
So we didn't tell him he finished his third and he's like super stoked about it. And like, you know, he, he felt like this sense of accomplishment because the two kids that won were, are like great golfers and whatever. And he's like had some sort of pride in the fact that he was third mm-hmm. and like did it on his own because I don't force him to practice. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go golf. Do you want to come with me? And he'll be like, nah, like, okay, mm-hmm. that's cool. Okay, hey, I'll go. And then we go play nine holes. We do not practice ever. I do not make him sit on a range or on a putting green because he's 10. He don't want to do that. So we go play and I play from his tee box and like we just screw around and have a good time. And like that's all that golf needs to be for us. Um, And if he gets really, really good and makes a bunch of money, then I'll figure out how to be his agent. And uh, this agent gets 25%. It's <laughs> a pretty good fee. I can do the, I can do the creative side yeah, too. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. Then you tack on that fee. Right. Did you have someone throw your bag across the fairway? Uh, no. I, so I, when I, I never really played golf growing up. I played like rugby and other stuff. And so naturally very aggressive sports, kind of what I played. And I was typically the one like doing the freaking out because I was so competitive. I didn't know how to like channel it for the longest time. Mm-hmm. So I would like, in rugby, I'd get in a fist fight in a high school rugby game. I'm like <laughs> with monsters, just giant human beings. And I'm like, oh, beat your ass. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean oh no, I didn't realize that I, what I did. And so <laughs> I, I realized that like I had that kind of energy used to be around me and I think it still comes through sometimes because I'm I will be there and I'm like make that putt make that putt make it make it make it make it but I'm not trying to like exude that because I think kids can definitely sense that kind of stuff my wife's like ah ah," you know and I'm like you gotta chill out like he can pick up on your energy and but it's because she cares so much about him and like she's very like (laughs) she's very like direct Mm -hmm. there is no like between Whereas for me, sometimes people don't know how to read me. Mm-hmm. They're kind of like, don't know if he likes me or, or he fucking hates me. what <laughs> is going on back there. And it's just cause I'm like trying not to show anything. And cause I used to just show everything. And so with Austin, it's one of those things I just, I want him to kind of be, he's such an even keel kid. Like he's such a like middle of the road. Like he, he's always happy. And even when he's sad, it's like, he's trying to make other people happy. And so when he's competing and he's playing golf and these kinds of things, I want him to always kind of stay to that middle mm. of like, you know, it's okay to be upset, but like, that's fine. And then like, just bop around, be fine, be a kid about it. Cause I see kids out there, man, the, the stress that they carry from like, mm-hmm. I'm like, it is the junior Lenko tour. <laughs> you win nothing at 10 years old by, by winning like yeah you know the stories of kids and they're getting yelled at by their parents right because they played poorly it's like and there's like, literally nothing on the line i'm like no. i am going to take your dad out back and i'm gonna whoop his ass knock his kids like what is wrong with him who cares yeah. like bro who cares mm-hmm. honestly i it just it blows my mind as a parent because obviously you want the best for your kids and you want them to do well and you want them to succeed and I want Austin to succeed. I want him to be the best. I want him to win everything and, you know, step on everybody's throat and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But I don't want that at the cost of his happiness. And I, I certainly at 10 years old, like, good Lord. 
<laughs> it's really sad to see parents project that all that stress and, and it's crazy. onto their kids. Yeah. It's and wow. it's 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 such a it's such a common thing that I've seen. It's yeah. I mean from drive chip and putt, junior PGA tour, our little Lanco tour thing to other events. I see it every time I go to one of these, mm-hmm. immediately know who that parent is yeah. or which parents they are. And like growing up and you know playing sports like rugby, hockey, things like that, that's a cultural thing. Like mm-hmm. that is like mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. And you have those like overbearing parents that do that kind of stuff. Golf has it in a very different way. It's more much it's a much much more psychological and it's much quieter, but it's silent anger. It's very intense yeah. because I mean I've seen kids like I'm not even kidding you for drive chip and putt, trackmen and swing coaches. And they're their dad who's watching on the sideline with a tucked in polo and a glove. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, he's, he's ready to yeah. play. Well, you know, as soon as his kid hits that last shot, he's on the tee, you know, he's got right. a He's got to close a deal. He's got a tea time. He's snapping the neck and cashing checks. And it's just like, it, it, that, and I, you know what? A lot of those parents too don't even fucking golf. Mm-hmm. Like aren't golfers. They're just like projecting some sort of like weird fetish on their kid about yeah. like being Pe- a pro golfer. Peaking in high school. Yeah. And, uh, but you know what? If you got a daughter, get her in a golf because her opportunity to like get a college scholarship so much higher playing golf than any other sport. It's true. And I mean, I, for me, like June, I want her to play golf, so we play golf. But if she gets an opportunity to go play college golf, hell yeah. Great. That's no, great. No tuition that's, for you. That, yeah, that's less money for me. <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, the thing, yeah, exactly. Another like, uh, <laughs> bleep, bleep that out. They don't pay me. Or should we turn it no, we'll turn, turn it up. It up. <laughs> uh, uh, but the like, the 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 concern I have with you know, kind of youth sports and like Austin and these kinds of kids is like people kind of look at it, oh your kid's soft, you don't know how to compete. Huh. Like that kid knows how to compete. That kid also knows that when he comes home, he's not gonna catch shit and have to cry in his room. Like he's gonna have a healthier upbringing than like worrying about competing Mm -hmm. like there's a difference between being competitive and putting in the work and doing the kinds of things and then being supported and i think that's where a lot of parents fall short is they they don't realize that you do not have to chastise your child for poor performance because they're a child you support them when they don't do well Mm -hmm. and then you try and teach them in between like you're constantly every day you're teaching your kids something right whether you realize it or not and so that's what i hope when i'm playing golf with austin i hope he picks up on my thing of my style of like ah well that's in the bunker all right and then (laughs) i don't get mad i don't throw clubs because i used to do that right and then i was like a eight handicap chucking i mean cobbs creek chucking eight irons and I, they're probably still in trees Gil's gonna find them when he's does that to people oh yeah especially back in the day especially when people pop out of the woods trying to rob you <laughs> eight iron <laughs> uh, I, true story not really <laughs> no I recommended a guy came and he was like what should I play I'm like dude you, 
like Cobb's, like you gotta check it out. I've never seen it. It's like the, the history that's there. It's like, you should see that. Hey man, checked out Cobb's. Uh, they sent me off on Caracon, got robbed on the second hole. <laughs> Held up at gunpoint. No shit. Cobb's Creek is the Chester, Washington of Philly. <laughs> yeah. In, in LA, uh, LA golf, Chester, Washington is where I witnessed a crit home going. <laughs> at the first tee. Sick. Yeah, so. Yeah, it can get, but it also like, you know, it, it also can be some of the fun. Like I had, we were playing around one day and like we got out of the cart and these two kids came barreling over the hill, jacked the cart, just started joyriding with the golf cart, left it a few holes down and just went back. Didn't steal anything. We're just like, oh, I'm fucking bored and like, yeah. I'm going to steal your golf cart. And I kind of love that. Like you don't, you're not going to get that many other places. And it literally is on the same river or same Creek as Marion. It's right down the street, same kind of lineage as Marion. And it couldn't be further from, yeah. and it's right down the street. And that to me is such a like great juxtaposition of that. like yeah. Philly golf, right? Yeah. You're going to get robbed at gunpoint at this, at this course and this course, you're not even going to get anywhere near. Right. And there's no gate. Right. Like there's right. no gate, there's no fence. You can drive through Marion. Your ass is not getting anywhere near that tee box. Yeah. Whereas you just rob somebody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to be fair, I mean they're doing a huge renovation and like they're they're putting a lot of effort back into that course, and I think that's going to be really really good for golf in Philly, but also like kind of that community as well because mm-hmm. it's creating jobs there now, which are sorely needed. But it's like I think people are going to have a little bit of pride in what's coming because. So it's kind of a little beat, beat up and run down. And then, you know, like, I don't think people understood what was there. Mm-hmm. And the people that fought really hard to bring it back and now get it to the point where, you know, it's going to be brought back to life. I think I think people are going to take pride in it. And hopefully I won't get robbed on the first team. <laughs> so, shout out Delco. Yeah. Right. Don't I rob me. Yeah. <laughs> um, should we get into some bones? Yeah. 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 Um, we'll hit we'll hit record now. Right. <laughs> I right, get it. Cool. Uh, sweet. Um, what is your? I was gonna I was gonna drop a, a course. What What is your champion's dinner? Pizza. Pepperoni. Toppings. Um. I mean. Do I have to do like multi-course? No, no. Okay. It's, your dinner. Dinner. it's your dinner. Oh uh, yeah, no, yeah, no. We're gonna have some pizza. Um, what, what style of pizza? Uh, Neapolitan's kind of my favorite. Okay. Um, but I mean, like, really, really good. Like, not a cheap dollar slice New York style. But like a really good New York, like scars or like mm-hmm. that, yeah. like a good pizza, right? Um, I'd say that or oh fuck though like but then you go up and you get um, in Connecticut um, did you just say fuck dough but fuck dough like pizza <laughs> yeah no sorry I'm, we're going down to pizza <laughs> but um where what's it in Yale um, Frank Pepe's I don't know Frank Pepe's oh dude well even even that whole Connecticut pizza scene is like that might be the best pizza. I would have Frank Pepe's. New London? Have you been there? Yeah. That pizza there? Yep. Good pizza. Frank Pepe. 
I would, we'd start with Frank Pepe, probably like just, you know, an appetizer of just cheese. And then maybe like scars, like pepperoni. And we, we follow, we finish it off with a nutball. You know what a nutball is? Is that with the cheese? Maybe not the pickle. No, that's no, no. Like, so you take ice cream and you roll it in nuts, like chopped up peanuts, cover it with fudge. Cool. That's a that's Lancaster Country Club right there. I like that. That's the move. That's the move. When we roll up, we get some nutballs. Yeah, nutballs. You gotta get the nutballs. Fudge on the side. If you were to shoot the GTT boys, how would you stage us? Um. You know, I, I think we would go back. We'd go, we'd go into the archives a little bit. Um, I, I'm feeling some Marky Mark influence, you know? Whoa. But like, who's gonna, who's gonna bust out the abs first? I don't know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so you guys start, so start working on that now. Start working on that now, and then when you guys are, when you guys, Get your shit together. Right. We can shoot, you know. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. What what um what clothing sponsors can we have? Cause CK, I don't think is is the move anymore. No. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, we can get you in like Airwalk or something. Okay. Great. So, <laughs> so, so get to some Airwalk, maybe some some Tommy, um, okay. the carpenter jean Tommy with the like flag. Mm-hmm. For the yeah, carpet, yeah, remember those? Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. put some Adidas superstars on. Yep, yep, some some superstars. Um, yeah, I think it would be a vibe. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I feel like that's a good promo for you guys for next year. Is just you guys like not even like adjacent to a golf course in a field, right? Channeling Mark Marky Mark's like heyday. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I feel yeah. Like nothing, Marky Marky nothing could funky bunch. Nothing could go wrong with that. No, no. No. We're uncancelable. Yeah. He likes golf. He loves golf. Yeah. He's a fanatic. Yeah. Which love that. Oh, shout out AJ. AJ works for his municipal. Good buddy AJ Papel. Cool. Oh. Yeah. Is he seems like a nice guy. Yeah. Met him once or twice. Very Mark. nice. Like Mark. yeah, very nice guy. Mark. But I mean, come on. Like unfuckwithable back in the day. Yeah. yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Body anybody, still now still, the dude. Yeah. I, the dude is. It's insane. Yeah, he's always working out. That's why. Right. I His I don't I don't want that life, but good for him. No body is healthy. He's yeah. making make him wealthy. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I forgot he rapped too. Yeah, Marky oh. Mark. It's Marky Mark. I know, but like I forgot. I forgot that he like. So maybe oh. He barred Can we out. record a new intro? Yeah. With this, can we make it like a multi-tier packet? Yeah. 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 We'll send you that. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Cool. I'll write the lyrics for you guys. Cool. Right. I don't know. I don't Cash. know how you write, but we get in. It'll like, be good. He's like, I, I dabble with a pen. It'll be good. I dabble with a pen. We we got torrentially downpoured on, and we did. the three of us were standing under a tree. <laughs> <laughs> just huddled together um, and you know we kind of just like sitting there swapping stories but we had a brief reprieve when you pulled up a photo or a video of your daughter right mm-hmm. yeah. through yeah. a, a 
child. <laughs> um, you're like, yeah. you said, look, us too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I saw you light up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you really came alive, and that uh, was evident through this entire conversation. You really, really love your kids. Yeah, very much, very much. I mean, it's like, you know, with the the way I kind of grew up in the childhood I had and all the things that I kind of went through, which were largely negative. Um, and so I was always afraid of children. Like, mm. And so therefore I was afraid of relationships. And so, you know, I, I definitely didn't want kids. And when I met my wife, I'm like, I'm not marrying you. And we're not having kids. And then got married. And so, you know, especially, so I came into Austin's life when he was two. And, you know, I've been there, you know, um, his whole life. And then we had June. And I was like, I didn't want, like, I didn't want to have a kid. Because I just didn't, I was so afraid of that. Um, and then, you know, of course, having a daughter. And then having Austin. And then, you know, watching kids grow and being able to, like, be a parent. And kind of, you know, think about... Like every time you see your kid, you're like, oh, my kid's the best. You know, all kids are the best, obviously, but like, my kid's the best. <laughs> and so like when I just, I'm out here and like, you know, I, I haven't seen June for three or four days and I'll just see a photo of her. And I'm like, you know, immediately I'm like, I fall in love every single time. And that's kind of the coolest thing about being a parent is like every day, you just like you're just falling in love over and over again with your kids and you're kind of you know especially as they're growing and they're such I mean 10 and 3 like we're worlds apart and we're seeing the world in so many different ways and so I'm you know seeing how Austin's kind of interacting with the world and so I'm I'm kind of relearning it and then shifting gears and then June's like you know she's just kind of on her bike and she's learning how to ride her bike and it's the funniest thing in the world. She literally will will go out before bedtime and do like a family loop and she'll be at the top of her little lungs screaming the Mira soundtrack from Disney. She's got a little... Would you play for Yes, we did. You gotta, you gotta hit you with it. I gotta hit you with it, yeah. You gotta understand what I listen to all day long. Um, and she's screaming it. She's going so fast. She stops. She pretends she's Mira. She's like, my my bike, it won't work. And I'm like, what's wrong with your bike? What's wrong with your bike? She's like, no, you gotta call me Mira. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, Mira, what's wrong with your bike? She's like, I don't, oh, it's fixed now. And I'll just go. And so her little personality is really starting to come out. It's very different than Austin's. Um, you know, it's in a lot of ways similar to mine, a lot of ways different to mine, similar to my wife. and. So seeing it, like, as they get older, and it's like, that's every day, you're just constantly, like, you're in love with your kids, you're in love with your wife, you're in love with the world around you, because you're just constantly experiencing new things. So even though I'm not, like, around them, like, I'm on the road the rest of this week, but, like, I guarantee you tomorrow at 6.30 in the morning, I'm going to get a text, and it's going to be June, on her way to go get a donut at the beach, you know what I mean? Because that's mm-hmm. all she wants every morning, she's going downstairs pick out her donut and come back and it's it's dumb to people who don't like get it or have kids like those little things like that mm. are like so much more important than 
you know, me taking a good photo. Like that shit, like that's cool. If I go out and I take like a sick photo and I was like, yes. <laughs> like, but my daughter getting a donut at 6.30 in the morning and being really cute is so much better than that, so. It's, it's a very grounding experience. Yeah. Um, like I can tell you from, yeah. you know, we, we've been on the road since Thursday. Thursday. Um, and I was with my, my kids and my family and I got the other day when I was, Brad and I were just chilling in the hotel room, got a text from my wife and it was her and my two kids, my, I have a four month old and a three and a half year old and they were all wearing matching, uh, matching tie dye t-shirts mm-hmm. and like, I just like lit up Yeah, and it's just like, like we had been having like triple the lifetime, like literally the coolest shit we've done all year Yeah, and then I get this text and that like. That's the highlight. It's, it's that, that's the, that's the shit that like, that's why, you know, all the stuff that we do ultimately is like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm missing out, but, um, I know that I'm not. And, you know, when you get home from a trip and you just hear like this little voice squealing (laughs) and like, you know what I mean? And like the kids are so excited to see you and Mm -hmm. It, that kind of stuff is just like it's it's why you why we do all this it's why as parents we like sacrifice as much as we do because we just all we want is to see them happy and yeah. every time we see them happy we're like fuck yeah like memory bank that yeah mm-hmm. you know so yeah. our typical question is I'll ask two questions what's the hardest time the time in your life June has made you laugh and what is the time in your life you've laughed the hardest on the golf course? Um, I don't know if I can really tell the second one. Uh, <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. Um, I, man, I don't know. With June, like, she honestly is like, it's it's constant. It's nonstop hits. Like, she, because she has such a little personality where, like, she will she'll she's sassy right she's got a lot of her mom in her very like no you're like already what is going on (laughs) and but she'll she'll do this thing like where she just kind of like she gets crazy and then she starts like saying poopy a lot right but she says it in all these different ways And she just like comes up and she thinks poopy and fart jokes are like the funniest thing in the world. And I'm like, that is great. Like, cause, they are. cause like it's hilarious. And you know, I dealt with that with like a little boy and now with like a little girl, but it's honestly like every day she's doing something that I'm like, holy shit, that is so funny. Like, what are you talking about? But she's, so her thing is we noticed with her, she can play really, really well by herself. Mm-hmm. She's very creative. Like, it's so funny. I'll be in my office and she has like a playroom kind of outside. And so when she comes upstairs and plays, she'll have all of her dolls and she will be acting out her own like show. Like she is acting. And so all of her dolls just, but they're saying wild shit to each other. (laughs) And like the teacher's mean and like, I mean, that stuff is so funny. And she'll have like these little phrases that she thinks they mean something, but they clearly don't. So I'll be sitting there, I'm like editing something and like, I'm, you know, I'm scrubbing back and forth between this clip, trying to get it right. And then all of a sudden I just hear this, Mia, no, I said, good Lord, no. And I'm like, 
<laughs> what did you just say? Good lord, no. Where did you know that? And it's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's so interesting to watch her just kind of grow throughout the world around her and like interact with it. Cause she's one of those kids who like, all right, see ya. Give me a hug. And she's like, mm-mm, I don't want a hug right now. Bye. Another day she's like very affectionate with people and like, it's just, it's cool to see her do that to people. Cause she, that's maybe how why I laugh the hardest is when like people are like, give me a hug. She's like, <laughs> I do not want a hug from you. Bye bye. <laughs> Goodbye. That's her dad through and through. So, uh, on the golf course, um, God, laugh the most, laugh the hardest on a golf course. Playing golf? No. Just being on a golf course, yeah. Physically, feet on the ground. I think, <laughs> uh, God. So like the kind of golf I play and like what we nobody's like getting really wasted and like doing dumb shit. Um, so I don't have any like good stories like that. But <laughs> so there's a guy uh, one time decided that he had enough and walked off the course. Problem was he walked off the course at the worst possible point on the golf course to where he had to walk through us to get back. So like we're turning back around. Know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Someone we know. So we playing this hole, fucking loses it, like loses it, starts walking and we're like, what the fuck? Where is he going? And we're all kind of like, we're all like, like kind of like worried like what the fuck like oh my god <laughs> so then we play out the hole and he must have gotten lost or something I don't know we get to the next tee box <laughs> and we start hitting our tee shots and he his head pops up in the fairway and he's like walking across the fairway but he's not like hey what the fuck you're hitting into me he's just like angrily like I'm fucking out of here. And we're like, Again. what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> and so we hit and then we go up. We all are dying laughing because like we just almost smoked him like three or four <laughs> times. And we get to the green and he can't be, I mean, because it's not an easy walk. He's up on top of the hill. He disappears over the hill. So like we all kind of were like, what the fuck was that? That was probably the funniest thing in my life to just see a grown man have an absolute just fucking breakdown but just be so blind and mad that he got lost <laughs> turn back around like I'm gonna go fucking find them again fuck they're gone fuck I'm fucking I'm going and then he literally almost gets smoked almost gets smoked by like four tee shots yeah I mean I've seen all kinds of interesting stuff I wouldn't say I've seen too much stuff where I'm like laughing my ass hysterically <laughs> off that was pretty good that was one of those ones where i think i will always tell that story there's a little bit more to that story but we'll save that for we'll save it for part two. all fair yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um i uh, i i've got nothing left okay oh, one last one uh, one last one yeah uh what's your what's your walk-up music what's your walk-up song 
that's too hard. Depends on like where. Me or Sojourn. Huh? Me or Sojourn. You know, I, I don't know. It could be anything from like Slayer to Bob Dylan to like mm-hmm. <laughs> Turnstile to, uh, I, I'd say probably if you, if I had to have like one song that I walked up to, Angel of Death by Slayer. Mm. Just let people know, mm. like some shit's about to go down. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> about, it's about to be chaotic. Some, there's here. some shit about yeah. to go down. Yeah, don't fuck with me. Yeah, not good, not right. good stuff. Right. I don't know what's coming, Bad but it's gonna be some fucked up shit. Yeah, no, I like come hither and receive. I, when I was a kid, I used to like, I used to take all my Christmas money up until I was probably fourteen, every dollar I would get and buy every single bootleg Bob Dylan CD I could ever find. Wow. So like. People know me from like my affinity for like punk and hardcore and like mm-hmm. metal and stuff like that. Johnny Cash and Bob Dylan. You're like, singer songwriter shit. Oh, I, oh, fuck yeah! Like, I, my first my dance at my wedding was tallest man on earth. Sick. You know what I mean? Swedish dude. Yeah, great, great, great singer songwriter. Mm-hmm. I love a good. I love a good singer songwriter. Johnny Cash was my first concert. Really? Whoa. That's stout. Mine was Red Hot Chili Peppers. What? Why? Why are you upset about that? Because it could have been Slayer. Had I waited a month, uh, that could have been like fucking. I mean, sick. like fourteen-year-old at we a Slayer about, concert. We were talking about Red Hot Chili Peppers the other day. That's a good first concert. That's a good ah, whatever. It well, was, it was with Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, cool. Like right before what's his name? Like really went off the deep end. Yeah. So that was kind of memorable because he was fucking. It was sad to see. He was. It was, and I really at the time I didn't have like context for it because I was so young. Mm-hmm. But then I like, think back and I'm like. What year was that? 2000 to 1998, 99, something okay. like that. I don't know. Kind of burnt from early childhood adventure. <laughs> Save it for part two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Man. So. This has been really fun. Yeah. Thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Instagram, for connecting us. Yeah. <laughs> Hell Actually, yeah. You know what? I, got, I got one more question. We'll okay. sort of ending with this, but like, in the coming year, do you have any uh, any goals or challenges for yourself to work on from a mental or emotional health perspective? Uh, yeah. So I've been I did that. I did the journey of like not like I don't need therapy. Mm-hmm. Like that was like one of the oh, tough it out. I got to where I was because I was tough because mm. I dealt with all this stuff when I was a kid. And, went through all these things and never had to talk to anybody about it, never had to deal with them. And then I realized that, you know, however old I am, that like, ah, it's not a good idea. I'm gonna talk to people. And so I, you know, my, my wife had like tried to get me to like do that for a long, long time. And then all this stuff with, you know, the job that I had at the time and everything that kind of came to a head and I'm like, mm-hmm. I need to talk to somebody. So I did and you know, the conversation I had was like, holy shit, you're very self-aware. Like, <laughs> it's almost to a detriment, like how self-aware you are. And I think that for me, like this year, like a big part of it is working not so much like, one, it's a little bit of like not being so critical. Mm. Of Like, I'm very aware of like, I'm very aware of what's going on in my head, but I'm very critical of it. and Or, or I'm always trying to like, explain it away if that makes sense Mm. and so I think for me it's a little bit more of like just kind of accepting emotions um good and bad 
um, and not trying to like suppress them and be like tough them out. It's it's a little bit more to like feel a little bit more and and you know creatively like let not let things affect me because you know I I think always I'm always taking any sort of criticism good or bad and I'm putting too much into it mm -hmm. instead of like thinking about my own critiques mm -hmm. so I just need to like I just need to open myself up to like experience all these things um, not if I get mad sad happy glad whatever just like but like be okay with those emotions um, and and not not listen to people's bullshit <laughs> mostly mostly the last one not deal with people's bullshit <laughs> I love that it's a big one that's a that's a big one that's, that's, a big that's one. like more than a year out yeah, that's that's a lifelong thing that I will continue to work on. Is just not. I think I do a pretty good job of not giving a shit about what people think, but I think it's impossible to not, at some point, at let it get to you. Especially when you're like, you know, the internet. I'll just put it that way. Mm -hmm. I'm accessible on the internet, mm -hmm. and so therefore, people feel sometimes that they can say things that they want to say, and I'm mm -hmm. like. <laughs> so at some point it gets to you and I'm just trying to do better about being like you know what yeah I'm pissed off about it I don't need to react to it yeah. you know what oh fuck yeah I'm happy about that I also don't need to react to that I can just be happy for a minute sit in it I can be mad for a minute sit in it and then let it go and not have to like figure it out mm -hmm. and I think that's my self awareness is like well I know why I'm mad and it's because of this and it goes to this and it's all this other stuff and I can just mm -hmm. be like you know what Maybe it's just something that made me mad. No, I don't need to overdo it. So mm -hmm. we'll see. But like anything, I think with like mental health too is like nothing is like a year long project. Yeah. You know, and it took me thirty plus years to like even open up to get help for like pretty severe trauma and never do it. And I think that's something that I like. You know, I hope a lot of you know, I can only speak for guys because I am one. Um, don't do. They don't, they're not readily available to like discuss their mm -hmm. feelings because of whatever. Um, and it's all understandable and it's all justifiable. But like being able to communicate with somebody who's like not judgmental, who is literally there to just let you talk. That's what most therapists do. Is they literally are just like, okay, talk. Like just go through, throw it out there. Like, what do you want to talk about? And then they'll start kind of finding those things. And I think it's for a lot of guys, it's important for them to be able to just talk mm -hmm. and not yeah. feel like they have to frame the conversation a certain way or project a certain thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And finding somebody that you can just freely communicate what you're feeling to, mm -hmm. that's not going to judge you for it. And then, and more so isn't going to make you feel like you're, you're going to judge yourself mm -hmm. for being emotional. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's an important thing for a lot of guys to like get a handle on. And, and to me, it was like the best thing I could have done as a dad yeah. um, is because the more in touch I'm, I am with my kind of myself, my own emotional well-being, the more kind of attentive I can be with my kids mm -hmm. because I'm, I'm more clued in. Whereas before I was like so busy suppressing shit that uh, it's fine. 
like you're fine you're really not hurt uh, you know whatever it was and so now i'm at a place now where i think i can be more accepting of like the emotions they're going through mm-hmm. um you know i just get up and i just start crying i'll just get crying mm-hmm. you know feels good I like I honestly my wife said to me at one point she was like I think I've seen you cry maybe once like one time and all the years that she's known me see I've seen you cry maybe one time I'm like yeah I think that probably was like the only time I've cried since I was like 10 11 12 because I was just always constantly suppressing everything toughing it out like I had never I got to that point where I was like had such an overwhelming like urge to just fucking let out emotions that she's like that's the second time I've seen you cry like mm. do you realize how unhealthy that is and mm. I'm like that's really unhealthy because I think there's such a stigma mm-hmm. with guys about emotions and especially crying like mm-hmm. don't cry and I'll fucking now I'll get all fucking I got teary eyed when we were talking about June because mm-hmm. I just fucking love her and like that's a good emotion mm-hmm. and I shouldn't feel any shame for feeling emotions um and really the only person that's going to be like oh the fuck are either dickheads who have their own shit that they need to work on Mm -hmm. or myself who is judging myself and like trust me guys and i used to do it all the time and be like pussy he's crying like what's wrong with him like just tough it up you know like you'd be fine that's like you don't know what tough life is that kind of shit Mm -hmm. and I think I hope that a lot of guys like understand that like you know what and I'm not saying just start crying for no reason but like and you you may never cry and that's fine but you're probably not going to feel as good as you can feel until you like get some of that stuff out Mm -hmm. because everybody's got stuff in there that they need to like work on Mm -hmm. and like mental health is no different than going to the gym Mm -hmm. or studying or anything like that like mental health is as important if not more important than any of that I mean good lord it's literally like (laughs) it controls your life Mm -hmm. who gives a shit how big your muscles are Mm -hmm. your brain's not working if you're emotionally not there you're not good you're not doing any good for anybody Mm -hmm. so yeah, I recommend it. I also recommend uh, have a small daughter <laughs> because you will cry with laughter and then you'll just randomly be somewhere and miss your daughter and be like, you're so cute. <laughs> yeah, it happens. So. I love that you went that in that direction because I think for me the biggest takeaway from 2020 was if you can't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anyone. And if you're for not, sure. and it, so, and you know, as a, as a parent, it might feel really selfish to be like, I need to work out me, but if I'm not the best version of me, how can I, well, I, I carve a path for these, these little innocent people? Exactly. I mean, like think about, I, so I grew up in a pretty fractured home where emotions weren't handled well. And that uh, clearly had an impact on me, impacted my life for years and years and years and so when I look at Austin and especially as a young boy and he he's gonna start figuring out he's gonna have to figure out emotions and like Mm -hmm. how he navigates kind of the world around him and I would rather him 
because he's a sensitive kid. I would rather him always be a sensitive person than too hard, too tough. Mm-hmm. And I think me coming to that understanding recently of being like, tough isn't healthy. Like, I'm tough. I don't take shit from anybody. But I also am like, try to be the nicest person I can be. And I try and help as many people as I can help. And I think for him, seeing somebody like me, who, I mean, he's seen me, people have, we've been on a golf course and they've hit into our group when I have a kid with me. Mm. And he has seen me go confront them. And he's been like, oh wow, like, what was that? Dad doesn't do that. Like, what was that? And so he's seen that part of it where I think a lot of little boys are like, oh, my dad was going to beat up this guy and whatever. But I want him to see the other side of it where, you know, you're helping people or you're just being nice or you're just like, you know what? They made me one year like I don't like gifts. I hate gifts because I'm very picky. And so I don't want and I don't want people to spend money on me. And so I have this thing about never buy me a gift make me something whatever that's fine so they like made me they just put a slideshow together for me and i fucking bawled (laughs) that was the third time that i cried and i i lost it and i was happy to do that in front of him to show him like you can have those emotions too dude like you don't just have to be you know a tough little boy you can be like a sensitive kid you can be in touch with your emotions his dog just died and like to watch him let out those emotions and be connected to him was something that was good and healthy for him to understand that like there's highs, there's lows, there's ups, there's downs. And like, did that make you feel proud? It made me feel sad for him. It, it, but I, you know, Austin's one of those kids that like, I, I know that, I know that if we always give him the opportunity to show his emotion, he will. Mm -hmm. So that's why it's like important for me to work on myself to make sure that I know how to show and receive Mm. emotion from people. Mm. Um, and not be so closed off so that like as he gets older he can we can work through that and like as he needs me to show him certain kinds of emotions I can because mm-hmm. before I didn't know how to do that I was just like fucking mad yeah. you know I was just like tough guy yeah. um, and especially with a daughter like she's going to have a whole set of emotions she's going to have to navigate that as a father I'm going to have to help her with mm-hmm. and and I think that you know learning that and like learning that it's worth investing in ourselves as parents but also as like friends to people yeah like investing in yourself and your well-being is like you know physically important obviously but like mentally it helps not only you but everybody around it's good for society it's good for society to have less neurotic assholes running around so please don't be a neurotic asshole like me (laughs) get some help (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a good place to yes, call it. And cut. And we're gone. <laughs> no, you seem you seem like you're in a, a, a really cool like state of evolution. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is is cool for I, for me to see anyways of, of somebody who's like in this space as a creative, as a hard dude. <laughs> hard dude. <laughs> <laughs> as a hard bro. As a hard bro. Yeah. No, I mean, um, no, it's, it's good to see. It's it, honestly, I'm that'll come out, and I guarantee you that'll be like, Whoa, fuck. Hey, fucking cries. What the fuck? 
No. And that and that's fine because that that person that has that reaction, that that was me a few years ago. That was me a few months ago. Mm. And that's fine. Like I have no problem I have I have no problem communicating now because I'm so kind of self-aware of like my emotions, how I deal with them, things I've been through, good and bad. Like, you know, if anybody comes up to me and be like, why don't you drink? I'll answer that question. People will assume so they don't ask. They're like, oh, well, you must have had a problem with it, which isn't the case. But when someone asks me a question, I'm always going to answer it honestly and like almost too much to where people are like, Okay, but I feel like for me as somebody that kind of in a little bit of a way is like put into a corner of be like, ah, you're just a photographer, like just put up a pretty picture. I I feel like it's kind of like I'm doing a little bit of a disservice to people that could want to hear that message. Mm -hmm. I mean, I talked about my battle with depression, Mm -hmm. been very open with it um, because I think it's important for people to understand that like, Oh fuck! But you have everything. It's like, well, maybe. Then your eyes—that's perception—is reality, I guess. But like, you gotta understand, like, depression and like mental health is not like, it's not. You don't pick it. Like mm-hmm. it, it's a thing, and it's typically like a chemical imbalance. It's, right. it's a mixture of environment and these, you know, genetic things that happen and. There's nothing it, to do with what you have and what you don't it's, have. It impacts people from all walks of life very differently. And when you mix in traumatic life events mm-hmm. and with all this other stuff, it just builds. And I think people have to understand that you know when you have any sort of platform, even small, like mine's small, but I know that there's a few people out there that could use that message because I needed it. Mm-hmm. And I don't... I think what took me to get into the point where I was like, I have depression, I need help, I need to talk to somebody, I'm not okay, was like literally getting to a breaking point. Mm-hmm. And had I not had my wife, had I not had my kids, could have been much different, right? Because I didn't have that support system to say, Yo, what do we need to do to help you? Or I didn't have that thing to be like, you know, I love my family, mm-hmm. what do I need to do to be better for them? which is ultimately not what you want. Like ultimately you need to get to a place where you're like, I need to be better for me. Like I need to be okay because I have to live with me and I have to deal with this shit all day long. They don't. And when I'm better, when I'm happier and when I'm like, you know, more kind of in tune with who I am, then that'll pay off with my kids and with my wife and all these other things. And I think that's the thing that, you know, leads people into it is like, hopefully doing it for somebody else but ultimately you're not going to get better until you realize that you're doing it for you mm-hmm. and that's okay to be selfish like that's the thing is like we're not selfish enough when it comes to certain things and mm-hmm. your mental health is one of those things where like you should be really selfish about selfish. it yeah and like oh I, dude like the self-care thing is no bullshit like yeah. my wife and I like we'll have that conversation she's like I need this I'm like done got yeah. it like if that's going to make you feel better that's what you need, do it. Like, go buy the thing, go to the place, take the break, do whatever, go go talk to somebody, whatever it is, because ultimately that's gonna be better for me, it's gonna be better for you, it's gonna be better for everybody around us. And I think anybody who has like 
question or a concern about how you go about that, there's so many resources out there and the easiest thing in the world is just DM somebody mm -hmm. yeah. who you know. Like I have had people DM me and be like, I think I have depression too. Mm. And I'm like, okay, you should do this. Mm. Like, this is what I did. Mm. I'm not saying it's gonna work for you, but like, here's the first step. And I've had people literally be like, I don't know what to do. I, am I depressed? Like, I don't know. Or am I just like sad? And I think that's something that I, I, I have a lot of unread DMs because most of them are just like fire emoji or whatever. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, whatever. But like, I try and do a good job of like going through my messages and like trying to respond to people. Um, I'm very bad about just generally being on social media, but when you see somebody who's like posting it, there's an interpretation of like, oh, well they're just, you know, trying to get some clout coins or like, look mm -hmm. at me, it's, a, it's an attention thing. Mm -hmm. And it's really not like I posted, a, I don't typically post any photos of myself, mm -hmm. it's all my work. And I made a conscious effort of posting a photo of myself on the day that I kind of was like, I hate, I hate everything right now. I hate my life, which I have no reason to hate my life. Beautiful family and like great job. But that was the day where I was like, I'm depressed. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get help for so much longer. But I had that photo and I took that photo because I was like, you know, as a photographer, that's kind of what we do is take photos of shit. Um, and I'm like, I, I needed a photo of something and I don't take photos of myself very often, if at all. And so I took a photo of it. And then when I posted it, I posted it because to me that, that, that was the moment where I was like, okay, I'm admitting to myself after years and years and years that like, I'm not okay. Um, and then it took me a while to like forge through and get help. And I think people are gonna go through that similar path. And then when they get to the point where they're like, I need help, mm -hmm. there needs to be somebody on that other end to like help them. Yeah. And it's that friend, family, complete stranger on fucking Instagram that you don't know and you just like my pretty pictures, that's fine too. Because I think ultimately you just need somebody to be like, that's cool, it's normal. Like it's shockingly normal. Here's how you go about fixing it. Yeah. Cause you can fix it. Like I don't take any medication. I don't do any drugs. I just talk too much. And I wanna, I wanna know about your experience taking that photo. What about it? What do you mean? Like, was there any sort of inner dialogue of like, take the photo of yourself. Don't take the photo. No, I mean it's like, I see the thing. I mm -hmm. take the photo. Like, I, I mean, I. To give context to people, I will probably go through two terabytes of storage a month mm. and just photos. Wow. That's how many photos I take mm -hmm. of everything, of anything. Mm -hmm. So to me, that and that photo stuck out in a sea of other ones because I knew subconsciously at the time, I'm like, you know, I was walking around the city by myself. And it was late and it was raining and it was cold. And I'm like, you know, it kind of hit me. Mm. And I went back to my hotel and I was getting ready to go to bed. Like I just walked in and I just walked in and I'm like, oh, the light's kind of cool there. Took a photo. 
and I never take photos of myself, and I took a photo of myself for a reason, I think, because I knew to myself, that time, I was, I was making a leap in my progression as a person, and, you know, looking back on it, I didn't know, I think I knew in the moment, and that's where a lot of my photos come from, just, just walk around and see it, and then you see it later, and you're like, that's what I was thinking, mm -hmm. or that's why I took that photo. Mm -hmm. um, you don't really necessarily, not always so hyper aware of it in the moment, because you're just kind of like, it's a constant. Yeah. I mean, like literally I know I'm gonna die and my hand's gonna be fucking like this, <laughs> and they're gonna just put a little camera in there. They're like, oh! <laughs> that's why his hand's like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that poor guy, what happened? But, he's a photographer. He's a dork. Um, but yeah, I, I, that photo to me is one of those photos that like, it's an important photo for me because it it's one of those photos that I can look back on and be like, you know what, that was a personal growth moment for me. I'm mm. proud of myself for getting to that point where I finally admitted it instead of like trying to find ways that yeah it could be something else. That yeah. like, you know, or I'll figure it out. Yeah. I realized that at that point I I couldn't go on anymore. Like I either needed to get help or I was fucking doomed. And yeah. I didn't want to do that anymore. So it was, it was it's kind of a good good moment for me. Plus I looked like I have a strong jawline in it, so <laughs> and my wife's like, fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, well yeah, and then this is a really dark picture, but yeah. sure. as long as you sure. like it, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like, What do you think about the name June? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you handsome. <laughs> what do you think about the name Chief? <laughs> thank you, Have. Yeah, thank you guys. Yeah. Appreciate this.